Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and on today's podcast, we are going to talk about... (sighs) Yes, we're talking about the Falcons, obviously, but we are talking about the advanced stats coming out of the loss to the Carolina Panthers, uh, 1913, at home at Mercedes-Benz on uh, Halloween. So, quite fitting for that to be the night where the Falcons turned in that absolutely dreadful... Dreadful performance, guys. For those of you who saw the game live, I am so sorry that that was the game uh, you got to go to. Hopefully, uh, you feel like you got enough alcohol or the food was good, which it is at Mercedes-Benz. But yeah, that was a a miserable game. So let's get into how the Falcons did, how some of the individual players performed in this game, and maybe what that may mean for this team going forward. So I want to start on defense. Obviously, a lot of people were focusing on the fact that the run game uh, for the Panthers you know, racked up over 200 yards. I still feel like the defense wasn't the problem in this game. I've said that uh, a few times, and I want to reiterate that here. I'm not saying the defense is good. They, they clearly were not in this game. But if going in, you had told me that they were going to hold a team to multiple field goals, uh, shut them down in the red zone, I would have been happy with that. And that is what we got. Now, yes. The Panthers uh, dominated time of possession. Uh, the Falcons' offense did them no favors. Uh, they they constantly uh, either were getting turnovers or you know going in three and outs and, and putting the defense back on the field. Uh, and so in many ways they were set up, and I feel like that was reflected here. <clears throat> they had seventy four total snaps on the day. Uh, incidentally, let's start the guys at the top of the list for PFF scores. Uh, this number one name, probably not a surprise, but he has turned into absolutely one of our best players on defense, and that's A.J. Terrell, second-year corner. He had a 78.4 overall grade, 79.7 in coverage, our highest-graded uh, uh, player in coverage. He is now ranked, uh, I think, number seven in the NFL uh, at, at the cornerback position and number four in coverage. To this date, he has still not given up a single catch in man-on-man coverage. Now, that could change. But uh, that is an impressive stat. He gave up just two receptions on the day for a total of minus one yards. That is bonkers. Uh, His second year, I would argue, is even better than what we could have imagined because this team doesn't have a pass rush that's protecting him up front. And he is being asked to do uh, the... Uh, just an incredible amount in coverage, and he's doing it. And he's he is now at the point where quarterbacks are beginning to just look the other way, and they're looking for another player on the field. We're going to talk about him in a second. But yes, A.J. Terrell, uh, great, great, great second year. Building block for this defense going forward. Um, one of the nice remaining gifts from Thomas Dimitrov uh, was drafting this corner in the first round. He has turned into a great one. Uh, and this is just year two, folks. Um, he could be even better than this. 
Um, second on the list, uh, this one surprised me. And honestly, you know, maybe this means he's going to get a little bit more of a look, but he got 16 snaps, so sample size counts. But uh, outside linebacker James Vodders, this is a guy that you know hasn't even been on the roster the entire year, was brought up uh, when uh, Dante Fowler came off. 73.6 overall grade, really got it done in run defense and tackling, not really much as a pass rusher. Um, but considering the fact that this guy was just brought up recently, just a few weeks ago, that's a pretty good performance out of him. Uh, number three on this list, cornerback Fabian Moreau, um, who had a 70.8 overall grade, uh, 76.9 as a tackler, 72.3 in coverage, which is actually fairly good. Now, I can already hear some of what many of you are saying. It was the Carolina Panthers. It was Sam Darnold. And yes, that is true. But uh, we need to give these guys some credit. They are playing well. And I think Moreau in particular has uh, stepped up his game in the last, uh, you know, last several weeks. He, had, he did have one pass breakup, uh, and he was targeted, I think, just twice in this game and didn't allow any receptions. Uh, so a good job from him. Number four on the list, uh, Jacob Tuyo to Mariners. Good to see him back at the top of this list. Uh, Ten snaps, so not a significant amount of playing time. 67.3 overall grade uh, and the 69.9 in tackling, which is where he excelled. Number five on this list with 22 snaps, uh, Avery Williams, obviously our punt returner, also playing in the slot. Uh, again, the slot position was sort of manned by multiple guys on Sunday. It looked like Williams got about a third, a little less than a third of those snaps. 66.6 overall grade, 68.9 in coverage. Really solid score from him. Want to see him continue to develop, get those opportunities. Uh, but considering he missed some time, you know, a couple of games due to, uh, you know, some injuries, it's good to see the rookie actually being able to contribute in the uh, absence of uh, losing Isaiah Oliver. And hopefully he can build on this. Uh, I think he had a good punt return on the day as well. Uh, he is looking like a, a fairly good draft pick out of this first draft class. Draft class. Let's hope he can develop. All right, the guys at the bottom of the list. Um, unfortunately, Richie Grant was at the bottom. Now, he only had three total snaps. Uh, one was in run defense, two in coverage, but he had a 33.8 overall grade. Um Honestly, it, I don't know why it was that low because his individual scores were not below 40. He got a 60.9 in run defense, a 71.7 in tackling, and a 51.3 in coverage. I don't know how that how their formula equates that to a 33.8 overall, but that's what they gave him. Uh, he didn't jump out to me, and again, it was only three snaps. Um, next above him, uh, Stephen Means, who had 54 snaps. This is the thing that confuses me. Stephen Means, according to PFF at least, has not performed particularly well this year, and yet he is getting 54 out of 74 snaps. Um, I would think that a player like Michael Walker uh, could get more of those snaps from him, you know, some of these young guys, um, but so far that's not happening, and perhaps Means starts to lose some snaps, but his 39.4 overall grade is going to cut it. Um, and yes, 74.5 in tackling, but poor scores uh, everywhere else. Uh, third up from the list, defensive tackle Marlon Davidson. Um, 31 snaps on the day, 48.7 overall grade, 28 in tackling, which is dreadful. And I suspect that is where he really got dinged the hardest. Um, fourth up from the list, 
A little bit of a step back for this player, free safety Jalen Hawkins, 44 snaps on the day, 49.1 overall grade. Again, really good in tackling, but a 47.1 in coverage. 78.2 grade in tackling was actually fairly good. And I will say, on the day, it felt like the Falcons did a better job for the most part um, with their tackling responsibilities. Um, it, we saw a lot of poor tackling the week before, but this seemed to be an improvement for the team. Probably a point of emphasis with the coaches, and, and it did seem to pay dividends. They just were bad everywhere else. <laughs> All right, fifth up from the list, uh, Jonathan Buller, defensive tackle, defensive end, uh, 33 snaps with a 50.5 overall grade. Now, where did some of the key players on the defense finish out? Uh, Grady Jarrett. Finished 12th with a 56.8 overall grade. Just not what you're expecting to see from, you know, from this exceptional player. Uh, he has had a little bit of a down year. And again, he still has a good score overall. But for Grady's normally high standard, it's, it's a down year for him. Uh, he is almost always sort of in that top five tier of, of defensive tackles. And right now he's you know, about 15, 20 back. So not the best season for him, but I'm, I'm still a believer he's going to turn this one around. Um, Deion Jones actually finished seventh with a 61.5 overall grade. I thought he was better than, uh, what this score indicates. Uh, he did get an 83.5 in tackling, but only 39.1 in coverage. So may have to go back and look at that, but, uh, I felt like he was uh, a little bit better than what they're giving him here score wise. And, uh, finally linebacker foyer Luakun finished 14th with 56.1 overall grade. He was good in run defense, um, but otherwise uh, lackluster everywhere else. Uh, so that's where the defense graded out on the day. Um, let me know, guys, if you have any questions about any of the other players, but no big surprises here. I, I feel like this matches the eyeball test for the most part, except with Debo. I, I, again, I do feel like he had a, a fairly good day overall, um, even though these scores did not necessarily reflect that. And, and he was seventh for the Falcons defense, but that was on a day where most of these guys graded out poorly. All right. We'll talk about the Falcons offense, how some of the key players did and some of the surprising names at the top of the list this week. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. We're recapping the advanced analytics for the Falcons' loss at home, 1913, to the Carolina Panthers uh, on uh, Halloween night, October 31st. Uh 
we'll talk about the offense now. And some of the guys at the top of the list for the advanced analytics scores from PFF, um, the top guy is not going to surprise anybody. He has been consistently in the top five every single week for the Falcons. And that's uh, running back, wide receiver, offensive weapon, MVP, uh, Cordero Patterson. He had an 87.1 overall grade, 91.4 as a receiver. Clearly came off of his touchdown reception where he uh, uh, just blew past some guys to get into the end zone. Great, great game from him. And again, you know, this is a guy who I, I feel like the Falcons may need to make a move to try to keep him around for another year or two. Yes, he is in his early 30s, but he doesn't have a lot of tread on the, the tires and or a lot of wear on the tires. Pardon me. Uh, he's got plenty of tread on the tires. He doesn't have a lot of wear. And that is something to keep in mind. Like This guy has uh, just been exceptional in this offense uh, with what Arthur Smith wants to do. And I, I would actually be, uh, when I started the season, I figured he was going to be here as a one-year rental. I think there's a case to be made that he should be kept uh, for even longer. You know, if, if it's an, a two-year deal, uh, keep him here for another couple of years. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense, especially with the way that he has been sort of a perfect fit with what Arthur Smith is trying to do offensively. Um, no need to break that up. Let's let's get this guy locked up at least for the next few years. Uh, number two on the list, uh, wide receiver Tajay Sharp. He had 20 or 36 total snaps out of the uh, 53 on offense. Obviously, getting a lot of opportunity with uh, Calvin Ridley being out. He had a 79.7 overall score on the day. And yeah, you know, he was probably the only receiver uh, who was sort of consistently delivering in this game. Uh, number three on the list. Uh, God, I hope this is a sign of things to come. Right tackle Caleb McGarry. You know, out of the uh, all the offensive linemen, I think this is the first time that I can remember in a long time, that he is the highest graded over offensive lineman. He is almost always at the bottom. Today, he was at the top, 70.3 overall grade, 71 in pass blocking. Um, those are strong grades. And, you know, those are the kind of grades that make uh, Jake Matthews, Chris Lindstrom every week, some of our uh, best pass blockers. And here's the thing. McGarry had to face off against guys like Brian Burns uh, and Hassan Reddick, guys who have, you know, four and six and a half sacks. And actually, Reddick now has seven and a half sacks with the sack that he got um, on Sunday. So, yeah, McGarry turning in a performance. I really hope he builds on this because if he can begin to solidify himself as a solid starter at right tackle, uh, it makes it so much easier to not have to go hunting for a replacement for him uh, after next year. So, good performance from him. Glad to see that he is improving. Um, right behind him at number four, center Matt Hennessy, 68.7 overall grade, a strong 72.1 in pass blocking and 74.6 in run blocking. Um, our best offensive lineman in that regard on the day. Um, he is now, I think, ranked 14th of all centers in the league. Uh, he did have the one botched snap, and obviously, you know, some people are going to look at that and, and sort of discount his performance, but uh, it looks like he has really solidified himself as a decent starter. He is not a top-tier starter. Uh, he is not at the bottom of the league. He sort of cements himself like right in the middle, so a league average center. And he's a, a first-year starter, second-year player. Hopefully, he can continue to grow, get stronger, get more familiar with this offense, gain more confidence at that center position, which is critical. And yeah, great to see him now in the top four. Let's hope again that he builds on this performance. Uh, number five on the list, wide receiver Lamade Zacchaeus, 21 uh, snaps in the game, 
63.8 overall grade. Uh, so this is where things really fell apart for the offense. 63.8 is not bad. It's not great. It's sort of it's between average and good based on this uh, scoring uh, chart. Now, the bottom of this list is probably not going to be surprising given the pressure we saw uh, Matt Ryan under all day long. The bottom of the list, left guard Jalen Mayfield, uh, 45.4 overall grade, 34.8 in pass blocking. Uh, definitely a step back from where he has been in recent weeks, especially compared to last week. Uh, so hopefully they get back on track. Uh, the names at the bottom with him, I think, give me at least some confidence that they're going to bounce back from this because the next two names are guys who we normally can count on uh, at their positions to hold the fort down, and they just didn't on Sunday. Um, and right behind Jalen Mayfield was left tackle Jake Matthews, his worst game of the season, 48.7 overall grade, 34 in pass blocking. I think for the first time this year he gave up a sack, and unfortunately for him it came on the, the worst possible day where several offensive linemen were struggling. Uh, so our normal, uh, just exceptional pass blocking from him fell off pretty dramatically in this game, which again, given the fact that you know it took essentially eight games for him to have a bad game, I, I am willing to bet that he is going to bounce back and not be a problem next week. He is normally incredibly steady. Uh, so this is a little bit of an outlier for him. And also an outlier for the third guy up in list, Chris Lindstrom. Uh, Lindstrom, up until this game, has been in the top five of the Falcons' PFF scores all year long. This is the first time he, he was even near the bottom of the list. 49.8 overall grade, 47.5 as a pass blocker. Um, so, yeah, just uh, having three of your offensive linemen at the bottom of the list uh, just shows you where many of the problems were in this game. Um Next up from them, wide receiver Russell Gage. 36 snaps, 50.2 overall grade. This has become concerning. Um, Russell has been invisible in this offense for the most part. He did have the long touchdown catch last week, but uh, he, was, he didn't get a single target in this game with Calvin Ridley out. And clearly you would think that he would be the top targeted wide receiver, uh, and he fell behind both Tajay Sharp and Lamade Zacchaeus. That is not a good sign. Um, really, really hope Gage can turn this around. I, I wonder if this struggle with all of the wide receivers is with the scheme, with what Arthur Smith is asking them to do. Does Arthur Smith need to do something different? Uh, I think all questions are on the table uh, because right now, uh, outside of you know some spot performances here and there, our wide receiver performance uh, overall out of the entire room has just been subpar. Fifth up on the list, unfortunately, uh, rookie tight end Kyle Pitts. For 44 snaps on the day, 50.3 overall grade. Honestly, I, I think this was probably to be expected simply because the Panthers were going to sell out to stop Kyle Pitts. They knew with Calvin Ridley out, even with Calvin Ridley in, I think they were going to sell out to stop Kyle Pitts, especially with what they saw him do the last two weeks. And he was consistently doubled, um, consistently uh, sort of beat around in, in the secondary. I think this is going to be a game that he is going to need to learn from. 
Uh, again, this, this guy's just a rookie. So these performances are part of the package. Even as a first rounder, he is not going to dominate every single week. Um, I, I think he'll bounce back. I think he and Ryan will get on the same page. He did have that critical drop um, there at the end of the game. Uh, it was his first drop of the year. And Pitts, uh, with, a, with a pretty poor performance overall, um, I, I think this will be something that uh, Matt Ryan, Arthur Smith, uh, they're going to have to look at you know, if he is consistently doubled. Because let's face it, he is going to be our number one target going forward. With uh, until Calvin Ridley returns, if he returns this year, they've got to figure out a way uh, to either get him open or find routes that will give him the opportunity to win, even when he's got two guys on him. And that is something that I'm really going to be paying attention to because you you can bet that in Hate Week the New Orleans Saints are they've got their eyes on Pitts, and I think they know that Ryan loves him as a target. They're going to want to take him away. Um, and that's going to be something that they're going to have to to plan for. Um, and right now, the wide receivers are just not helping. With someone like Hayden Hurst not getting it done either uh, as a receiver, you know, being completely invisible, uh, we we need something to change, something to break. It can't just be Patterson and Pitts um, because a, a two man offense from that standpoint is way too limiting. I don't care how good your quarterback is. All right, speaking of the quarterback, some of the key players that stood out here. Matt Ryan was actually sixth on the list, but that was with a 58.1 overall grade. He got a 40.9 for running, clearly, uh, where you know he, he almost fumbled the ball yet again. Uh, probably need to make sure that Ryan isn't one of our running options going forward. Uh, he is clearly having issues securing the ball when he's running. Um, but yeah, 58.1 overall grade from the quarterback. And I think that, again, we've seen when he has a good pocket to operate out of, he puts up elite passing grades. When he has got three of his offensive linemen at the bottom of this list with sub-40 pass blocking scores, he is going to struggle. And uh, that's what we saw on Sunday. And hopefully the offensive line can get it back into gear, uh, figure out what they were doing wrong in this game. And I think Matt Ryan's performance will go with that. All right, those are the most the most uh, substantial guys on offense. I think all the key players uh, either ended up at the top of the list or at the bottom of the list. And again, I think when it comes to the offensive line's performance, I'm going to take a wait and see approach. Now, Jalen Mayfield is still, you know, he's sort of always near the bottom of the list. Uh, I, I would expect that to continue uh, because right now he is still a guy that it's his first time ever playing left guard. It's probably going to be until next year when he has a full offseason to sort of train for this, get used to it, uh, before we see substantial improvement from him. When the rest of the line is operating okay, he is not as much of a liability. But when someone like Jake Matthews has an off game, it just the whole thing just crumbles like a, a house of cards. All right, guys, uh, those are the advanced analytics coming out of the Panthers game. Uh, We've got the New Orleans Saints coming up next. Hopefully, next week we'll have some better scores to talk about as we get to hate week. And hopefully the Falcons can get back to 500 again because as of this point, uh, they have dropped two, three, and four on the year. All right, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And, of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. Thanks for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.